Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, where we have conversations with ordinary people to learn how our extraordinary God is at work in people's lives and in the world today. I'm your host, Brett Morani, and I'm excited you've joined us. Some time ago, we had my longtime friend, Chris Keithley, on the podcast. Chris is a pastor in Tennessee. We met in Texas several years ago, and he and his wife, Lisa, and Lacey and I have been good friends through the years. And I've invited him back on the podcast because Chris recently traveled to Wilmore, Kentucky, to Asbury University, where he was able to, I would like to say, both observe and participate in the gathering there of college students in the, in the chapel there on the campus of Asbury University, and he worshiped the Lord there and experienced this outpouring. And so I invited him to come on our weekly interview to share with us about this. In a recent weekly interview, I talked with Jim Elliff about revival and this outpouring. And, and so I want to keep kind of on this subject of revival. I've invited Chris back. Chris, good to have you back on Sound of Truth podcast. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Chris, let's go ahead and dive right in to talk about the Asbury outpouring or Asbury revival. I'm not sure what the official name is going to be in in the history books, but to let our listeners know if they're not aware of this, we're recording this late February, but earlier in the month of February, a chapel service held at the campus of Asbury University. Very normal, nothing extraordinary about the chapel service itself. It's what happened after the service. After the chapel service ended, some students hung around to pray. I think about 18 is what I've read. And they just kept praying, and then other students started joining them. And next thing you know, they're praying all night long, and hundreds of students are there, and it grew and grew and grew to where this past Saturday, uh, I think 30,000 people descended on this little town, and I've heard upwards of ten to 20 or 30,000 people descended upon Wilmore, Kentucky. They've shut down the meetings to the public, but they're still having the college students meet. But Chris, you went there when? I went there last Friday. Okay, so almost a week ago. We're recording this on Thursday, February 23rd. And so go ahead and tell us, when did you first hear about the revival and what sparked you to, to make the drive from East Tennessee up to, I guess, Central Kentucky there near Lexington to experience and check this out? Well, just like a lot of people through social media, I just saw people talking about what God was doing on their campus. And uh, the focus was on worshiping Christ. The focus was on prayer. The focus was on what God was doing in their midst. And I started looking up on the map that it was only about three hours away. And so I was like, I, I want to go and see what's going on and experience it for myself. In the past, I've, I've heard of things like this happening and people who were able to visit it uh, were blessed. And so I just wanted to go and be a part. And then I was also able to take uh, one of my daughters and her friend as well. Okay. So three of you went. Is this college age daughter or, or a teenage daughter? Or? Teenage. She's a junior in high school and then her friend is a junior as well. Okay. So uh, it was and two juniors in high school. Wonderful. What time did you head out? What time did you arrive? And We left around uh, 6.15 in the morning, and we got there just a little before 10, and then uh, getting everything squared away and settled, we got in line. We started getting in the line about 10 after 10, and it was snowing. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, so I, once we were standing there, and, and I didn't understand they weren't going to open it up till noon. Someone said, oh, they're going to open it up at 1. And I'm like, we're here at 10 in the morning. They're not opening it up till 1. And they're like, yeah. Uh, but there was a good spirit in the line. People were talking. People were sharing. People were encouraging one another. People were actually praying for one another. How many people are in this line? Are you like just 30 people from the door? Or is there hundreds of people in line? No, there's tons of people in the line. 
when we got there at 10 a.m., I would say we were probably 800 meters from the front door. When we left at 3 p.m., I would say the line was a little over a mile long. A mile, that's like a, a single file or, or double file line of people uh, a like mile of, long. Yeah. A mile long. And Saturday, it was significantly longer than that. Right. So you you persevered. How long did you wait in line to get in? Well, we, we were really blessed. Someone told us that uh, those under the age of 25 could go to the front because they've really tried to make sure the focus is for students and college students. And uh, so my, my daughter and her friend, they went to the front of the line and they went and asked a, a gentleman, they're like, hey, everyone else are kind of a chaperone. Can we get our dad as our chaperone to join us? And he's like, sure. So Great. we actually walked in at, I think we got to walk in at 10, no, at 11.30 and we got to worship for 30 minutes and then they let everyone else come in at noon. So uh, we were blessed and we were allowed to get there, get inside a little bit earlier than most. What, did you come into music and, and singing? Is that what you walked into? Yeah. the uh, when, we, when we walked in, there was already people praying. There was already people uh, leading in worship for the students that had never left chapel for that day. They had a, they had their chapel service, I think, at 10. And uh, for those that, you know, a lot of the students left chapel and went to class, but um, a good group remained. And so we, we got to join them and worship and, and song and prayer. And then everyone else kind of filed in around noon. Okay. Did, did you personally, or did your girls, the, your your daughter and her friend, have any type of unique, special encounter with the Lord through this, or was it just a wonderful time of worship that you could have had at your own church? And and what were you observing with others? Did you see anything unique or special that that marked this? You know, if you're going, wow, this really is something different. Well, for me, the the wow factor was the simplicity. And uh, it was a great testimony, I think, to so many churches. Uh, there was no, no PowerPoint, no pro presenter, no words on a screen. There wasn't a full band, you know, leading worship. There obviously wasn't, a, you know, anything that would, some churches feel like they have to have all of these uh, different aspects of worship for it to be an authentic worship service. It was just a guy to piano. And uh, there was a guitarist that played sometimes. A lot of times you couldn't hear him. Sometimes there was a guy playing uh, either a, a cajon or a tembe or something like that. But what wowed me is it was so simplistic. It is what any church in America could do. And it was completely led by the students. Mm-hmm. Uh, staff made it very, very clear that this was student-led. And they were there to help facilitate, but this was a student-led thing. And, and they also made it known to the adults that uh, we were their guests. And that's the reason they let my daughter and, and the younger people in earlier. If You know, this was for them, but we were their guests. And so uh, seeing young people worship God, seeing young people uh, led to pray, uh, at one point, they said, hey, if you're under the age of 25 and you want to share your the scripture that means something to you or it's a special scripture to you or maybe a life verse, you know, would you come and share it? And, and there was a lineup of, you know, probably 30 students sharing the word of God and sharing why it meant 
something to them. It wasn't a, they weren't sermons. They weren't given a lot of commentary, just teaching forth the word of, or speaking forth the word of God. And then what they would say is after they would say it, and they said something to the effect of, thus is the word of God. And people would say it, and we believe it. Mm. And so it was just an affirmation of scripture, uh, reading of scripture, the authority of scripture. That uh, they also, one of the guys, uh, and I don't know, I think he was on, obviously on faculty there. I don't know his specific position. They talked about if things continue uh, over the next 20 years, the number of people from your, you know, these, these recent generations after Gen X, um, the number of them that are walking away from the church. And he said that if you, uh, just retarded the people leaving, not you know an influx of people coming in, but just slowed the number of people leaving to what it was in Gen X. That I think it was it would be two hundred and twenty million people would be in the church that otherwise would not be, and and then it explained that that would be more people than the first Great Awakening, the second Great Awakening, the Azusa Street Revival. And all the Billy Graham Crusades combined, and uh, so mm-hmm. he's like, we believe that God's doing something among our students, and we're just asking them to bless. So, it seeing these students excited about Jesus, seeing these students come to the altar and pray, seeing the faculty uh, facilitating, not leading, not taking over, not feeling like they have to shut things down, but facilitating. So. Uh, there was an altar to pray, and they made sure people understood the altar was there for pray. There were there were both men and women there to pray with people if they wanted someone to pray with them, or if they had questions about on how to come to faith in Christ, or who Christ was, or just needed prayer for their family. They also had times of, of very focused prayer, and, and at one point we prayed for uh, people who may be looking at all these young students and saying, I wish my my daughter or my son or my grandchild was a part of something like this. And I'd give anything for it. So he's like, if you have a, a son or a daughter or a grandson or a granddaughter that hasn't come to faith or isn't walking with the Lord, or maybe has walked away from the church, uh, would you stand up? And they stood up and the, the congregate, the people around them prayed for them and prayed for their students and their children. And that was a powerful time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they talked about, you know, we believe God has a heart for the nation. And, uh, you know, I'm going to ask you just to call out different cities and we're going to lift them up in prayer. And uh, then they also had a time to pray for different college campuses. And if there's a college campus that you just want to name and these students were calling out college campuses. So um, the main thing I, I think that I was just in awe of was these students being passionate about prayer about worship, about sharing the Word of God, and it was very Mm Jesus-focused. It wasn't a focus on a celebrity preacher. It wasn't a focus on uh, a well-known influential worship leader or a a group of people. It really was about lifting high the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. And to see students so passionately involved and engaged uh, was that to me was as powerful as anything 
And uh, with everything going on in the world that's kind of crazy, uh, it gave a lot of hope that God is still moving and working uh, in this country and the lives of young people. That is wonderful, Chris. How long were you there? You you entered in around, you said 1130. What time did you yeah, decide we, to leave? And what, what what was it that said, okay, we've it's time for us to go? Well, uh, my wife was out of country, so I needed to come home and, and uh, make sure my daughter could go to school the next day. And my other daughter was at home. So we, we said we would probably be home by you know, six thirty or seven. So, uh, around three thirty, we, we pulled out in some ways. I wish we could have stayed a, another two or three hours. Uh, but at the same time, it was probably good that we left because, uh, there was a lot of people in line. And yeah. You're was, giving some seats to somebody else to come yeah, in. Yeah. It wasn't snowing anymore, but, uh, when we, when we left, I would say the line was right at a mile long. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it, it was probably good that, you know, we got home to do a family, but we also got to stop on the way and we grabbed a bite to eat and we just discussed it. So hearing the perspective of, of two high school students and what they took away from it and what they wanted to bring back to their churches uh, from it. And that was, that was as sweet as, as, as the service itself of how they were going to apply what they learned and, and the lessons they learned and how they could apply it to their own walk and or uh, hopefully help their own youth groups or their own churches. That's what I was going to ask you next. What was what was their feedback on it? That's wonderful. I appreciate you sharing that. Was there anything specific that they shared that they were going to go back and do that jumped out at you? I, I think the, the focus on prayer, I, I think uh, both of them would, would probably say, you know, the fact that there's a lot of uh, concerns about emotional and mental health and spiritual health and just kind of the the Christian culture that you have in the South, that they were really touched that the church was being so, or the service was being so specific of, uh, we're going to be open that there are emotional issues and we're going to ask that we pray for this generation and these emotional issues. They felt like they were not focused on these issues and it never became in any way political but they were acknowledging, hey, there's challenges that young people are dealing with. Let's pray for the young people. Uh, there's, there's things that they're facing in society. Let's lift them up. Let's mm. lift up their parents. And, and the fact that it wasn't just we're going to go in and sing and then hear a message and have an invitation and go home, but that they were addressing specific uh, concerns and challenges of a generation, that meant a lot to them. And uh, that they were acknowledging there was a lot of hurt in the church. There was a lot of hurt in this generation. And instead of uh, complaining or demeaning or saying something adversarial, they're like, let's lift this generation up. Mm. And uh, that, that blessed them that they were both open and honest about the issues and what they were challenged with, but then taking it to the Lord in prayer. That was probably the biggest, I think, takeaway that they had. Wonderful, wonderful. That is, that's such a blessing to hear. Let me also ask you, a week later, this is almost a week now since you went, has there been anything for you that has changed either in your home as a, as a father, as a husband, as a Christian man, or as a pastor in regard to how you're looking at your church and, and moving forward? Well, for me, it, it, as far as church, it just shows we're on the right track. 
because I, you know, and obviously I, I work with a lot of worship leaders and pastors as a consultant, uh, but I was just so excited that so many people are realizing it's, it's not about the polish and the sizzle, and it, it's really about the simplicity of, of exalting Jesus. And what I shared with my church is I said, we can't fabricate. And I said, I think there's going to be a, there's going to be a lot of churches that someone's going to stand up and, and confess their sins. And, and it's going to be that they want revival so bad and they want God to do this so badly that in the flesh, they're going to start doing things like confession or things such as that, uh, with the hope of making revival come. Mm-hmm. And while obviously never bad um, and prayer is always good uh, I think sometimes because we want a moving of God we almost try to manufacture it and uh, so I just told the church I was like God has a plan for this church and and I told about what I did learn and that we just need to ask God to move in our midst and work in our midst in a special way and that we don't need to manufacture it but we need to be sensitive to that he is at work and so I think I think it was a, an encouragement for our congregation, and I think it was an, it was an encouragement for my family as well. So it, we've had a lot of good discussions, and uh, it's it's been a very positive thing for our congregation to realize you know you don't you don't have to have uh, three electric guitars and a full drum set in a caged environment and and uh, all of this stuff that if you're preaching the gospel, if you're praying, if you have transparency, if you have Christ-exalting worship, uh, God's going to honor that. Mm. And so I I think it was an encouragement for my church and for my family and just a reminder of keeping the priority on Christ and uh, not anything else. That's awesome. Thank you, Chris. Now, a little bit unusual way I'd like to close this episode, and I know this is going to be recorded, but I'm going to ask our listeners, take this recorded prayer that you're hearing and Agree with it. Make it your own in asking the Lord to bring revival to your life, your home, your church, your community. Chris, would you do that? Would you close us out with a word of prayer, a brief word of prayer, asking God to take what he's done in Asbury with the outpouring there and bring it home to all of us? I'd be glad to. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being a good God. Mm-hmm. And Father, we thank you in the midst of crazy time in our world where so many are filled with anxiety of what is going on in politics and finances and so many things that, Father, you intervene. And, Father, we thank you that you're a God who sees what's going on. And, and Father, we thank you for the students that remain behind. We thank you for the students that felt led to leave their classes early. We thank you for their commitment to prayer, and we thank you for just coming and moving in a special way. And Father, I pray that you would continue to work in the lives of college students, that they would realize that they have a voice and you can use them mightily in the life of the church, not when they graduate, not when they have kids, not when they get to a certain age, but God, you're using them now. Father, I pray that we as churches would be focused on who Christ is, and exalting and lifting him high, that we won't worry about having the right program or having the right instrumentation or the right look or the sound be perfect. But Father, our worship could just be uh, 
worship that's focused on you and lifting the name of Christ high. And that, Father, each person can be transparent. Each person can share their needs. And we can lift one another up and be the church. Father, so many people are disillusioned with what's going on in the church. So many are hurting and walking away from the church because of experiences they've had. And Father, we just pray that you would bring renewal, that Father, you would bring healing, that Father, you would give hope Mm -hmm. to those who are struggling, and that Father, you would do a mighty work in your local church, in the college campuses, and high school campuses, and that you would show yourself in a mighty way. We pray this in the powerful and life-giving name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Fantastic. Thank you, brother. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville and is copyrighted by Brett Amorani, 2023.